Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Offset, sitting down with Keith Myers. Hey, Keith, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. We watched some Seahawks football. Even if it um, wasn't great football, it was still football, so I'm feeling pretty good right now. It wasn't bad football, considering all the circumstances in the first game and uh, all sorts of rookies uh, and young players involved with this roster. I thought, overall, I kind of left with a pretty decent impression um little disappointed you know in a a number of different areas but not completely washing out the the positives that i came away with yeah i mean it's really hard to to look at this team and go oh um this game you know says this team is going to be blank because you look at it like they didn't have a single member of their starting secondary right they didn't have um any of their top four wide receivers uh, just stuff like that. It makes it really hard to, to look at this team and, and make any kind of team-wide um, evaluations based on a preseason game. But um, individually-wise, there's a lot to like. I, there's a lot to like in this game. So, um, you know, the pass rush yeah. came up came up pretty big. This was the most competent the pass rush has looked uh, since Michael Bennett left. Yeah, Boy Mafe. Boy Mafe had a really mm-hmm. nice game. I mean, he had a strip sack in the first half, and in the fourth quarter, gave the t- team a chance uh, with that really nice chase down sack of mm-hmm. Kenny Pickett in the fourth quarter, end of the fourth quarter, to give the team a prime opportunity to uh, possess the ball, go down and uh, kick a field goal and win it or, or touchdown. And the very next play uh, on offense, that was the play that uh, Drew Locke was blindsided and strip sacked himself and yep. Pittsburgh took possession, <clears throat> went down and scored. Now that's the way the game ended. And, you know, we can disseminate that or whatever, as far as the diagnosis of the play pre-snap with Drew Locke on the blindside uh, protection. But, uh, you know, I wasn't so much concerned about the way that they lost or the, or the fact that they did lose in general. Um, you know, that's a great learning experience for Drew Locke. Um, I'll just start, you know, with with my impression on the quarterback play. Um, it was interesting because statistically, when you looked at the stat lines at the end of the day, they looked somewhat similar as far as yardage and completion percentage and so forth. But I left with the impression that um, Geno Smith, you know, had more starters available to him when he was on offense. Of course, you know, Pittsburgh was throwing out their their guys as well. Um, but I thought that he struggled a little bit more, um, at least right out of the gate. In fact, into the second quarter um, before he really kind of put together some stuff and then final, uh, finally put together a, a pretty decent drive. But I don't know how I felt about the way that Geno Smith played in this game. Everyone's kind of going, yeah, it was kind of a 50-50 thing. I thought Drew Locke actually came out when he had his opportunity in the second half 
and looked sharp right at the beginning uh, uh, when he got on the field and just kind of drove the team. He had the running game behind him. Everything just looked in sync with Drew Locke a little mm-hmm. bit more. Ended up having a couple of touchdown throws, which helped him a little bit. Could have had a third, possibly, if uh, Parkinson would have held on to that uh, ball. It was, I thought, nicely thrown there, and he had his hands on it first and just couldn't pull it in. Uh, but overall, my impression was I think Drew Locke came away slightly ahead. But when you even out the um, the rosters that they had to play with and so forth, maybe it's maybe it is even. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I felt that Locke was played better and sharper, um, and just looked more. Um, I don't want to say in control because that's not the right word. Because Smith actually looked like he was pretty well in control and all of that, um, but. You know, Locke had the two touchdowns. He um, had the longer gains. He had the higher rating, um, a lot of different things. And then you go back and you look at yards per attempt, and they're both just beyond mediocre, like awful, like 6.7 and 6.8. And you go, oh, okay, so maybe neither of them was good. But I still felt Locke was what Locke was better. Um, but neither well, of Melton had good. the drop for Geno Smith, and then... Kobe Parkinson with the drop in the end zone there would have increased those a little bit, I think, made everything look just a little better, um, especially for Drew Locke, I think. He would have come away with three touchdowns and in clear command. Yeah, and so I thought that that was, that was pretty pretty cool. You know, the other first uh, strong impressions that I had overall uh, was, the, was the pass protection and the run blocking were stellar in this game for our offensive line, Keith. Yeah, um, I'm really interested to see what you have to to say, but I was really impressed with the two rookie tackles. I mean, I was honestly, too. it was it was it was great. Um, so yeah, Abe Lucas had the most snaps of any player um, for the Seahawks in this game, um, and that to me was, you know, they put him out there and they left him out there. They wanted to get him as many snaps as they could to just have an opportunity to learn. Um, and he just came up big. He really did. Um, and you know, cross had a lot fewer snaps cause he was with the starting line. And so they didn't leave him out there as long, but he looked like he belonged. I mean, absolutely. Those two kids, yeah. uh, played great and it's great to see. Um, and I noticed they made, moved Kerhan into right tackle, took Gabe Jackson out. He started the game Kerhan after two series. Abe Lucas came in at right tackle. Kerhan moved over to right guard, and they yep. ran with that for quite a while. Yeah, and that was one of those things that you look at, and you like they gave um, they gave Jake Kern the start, and then um, when once Lucas came in, like they moved Kern over. Uh, if you look at the three tackles between Cross, Kern, and, and Lucas, um, the three of them played more combined snaps than the Seahawks had snaps in the game. So that meant that. The three of them were on the field together um, at times. And that was kind of cool to see. You've got, um, I mean, Jake Curran's a mauler of a run blocker. And if they can get him in at guard and get him some reps there um, so that he can be a versatile player who can play at four spots in the, or three spots in the line, because I don't think you ever want him at left tackle, um, but three spots in the line, like that's only going to add to his value. It's only going to add to, um, you know, the flexibility this team has if they, if, in, if injuries pop up. So um, I yeah. loved it. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I totally agree. I mean, overall, they didn't have really any mistakes. I think they had, had one pressure the entire game from mm-hmm. the entire offensive line. Um, so I think everyone gets an A plus for that, for sure. Give the uh, coaching staff an opportunity to properly evaluate the quarterbacks within the confines of the way that the, the offense is designed, I think is, is about as good as you can ask for in that situation. Well, and that right there just kind of compounds uh, what I was saying about the quarterbacks looking mediocre. I mean, if they're not getting pressured and you're only getting 6.8 yards per attempt, some of that's the fact that the, all the receivers were out. I'm, you know, give them a little bit of a pass for that, but they were, they didn't have pressure on them. I noticed some early checkdowns specifically from Geno Smith. Now, I didn't uh, have a chance to really go look at Drew Locke a second time to find out if he was really kind of taking what the defense was giving him or if he was kind of bailing early on mm-hmm. his checks. And um, I, but like I know Geno was, was. Bailing, bailing really early and not uh, not giving the play a chance to develop, you know, where the bigger play could be. And so just a lot of um, drop back, throw it, throw it to the back coming out of the backfield and not even really looking downfield. And now a word from our sponsor, DraftKings. Football fans, join the next generation of fantasy football with Rainmakers Football, their first ever NFT fantasy game from DraftKings. It's the only NFT fantasy game licensed by the NFL Players Association. Now you can play all season for millions in prizes by building the ultimate NFT franchise. Right now, everyone can get their first full roster starter pack for free. Playing Rainmakers is simple. Buy, sell, bid, and win player card NFTs of the biggest names in the game through regular drops and auctions on DraftKings Marketplace. Craft lineups of athletes from your NFT collection and earn points for touchdowns, receptions, and more, just like daily fantasy football. Build your NFT franchise and enter free Rainmakers football contests all season long to compete for millions in prizes. The next generation of fantasy sports is here. Download the DraftKings Daily Fantasy app now. Sign up with promo code TPPN, click the Rainmakers tile, and opt in to get your first card free. Plus, play for millions in prizes all football season while building the ultimate NFT fantasy franchise with Rainmakers Football. That's promo code TPPN. Build, play, win. Only at DraftKings. Contest entries dependent upon type and number of NFTs held. Eligibility restrictions apply. Void where prohibited. See DraftKings.com for details. Well, I mean, yeah, take that with a grain of salt because it's the first game. And, and because first... the receivers were all out. <laughs> the, right, right. You know, I mean, there was just, there was probably 10 or 12 starters that didn't even touch the field in this game overall. Um, and a lot of those were the wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, I thought that, you know, I wanted to talk about the running game and receiving the ball out of the backfield if you want to combine uh, the two. I thought uh, overall, man, I was really happy with the way this game turned out as far as the running game was concerned. Yeah, um, you know, I, I was hoping for a little bit more from Kenneth Walker, um, given that he got the start and and all of that. But uh, he really just kind of ran into some defenders. Um, you know, once the starting defenders you know, came out. That was by then uh, Homer and Dallas had taken over and DJ Dallas looked good in this game. Yeah. You know, I know that Kenneth Walker, Ken Walker, um, was hit behind the line of scrimmage a couple of times, right? In the he middle. was. And yeah. that was like, I was thinking Austin Blythe and I couldn't see Austin Blythe on the, on the shot on the TV. Uh, but 
and that's where it came from. And mm-hmm. uh, so I was like, well, that was blowing up, you know, relatively quick. He didn't even have a chance, but, and, yeah. and that really impacted, I think, his ability to kind of add to his totals there. Uh, DJ Dallas averaged 7.3 yards per attempt. Easily the best player on offense in this game. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, he looked really good doing it. And it wasn't, this isn't a case where he had one like 70 yard run and that just skews his stats. Um, you know, his long was only yeah. 18. So um, that meant he, he really was that productive on almost every run. It looked, looked great. And Travis Homer looked good coming out of the backfield. I mean, he had, um, mm-hmm. you know, the two receptions for 33 yards. Um, and four carries but, for 41 yards. Yeah. So he again had the, the 10, 10 per, and then DJ Dallas had the reception, the 17-yarder the from Drew Locke as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just I really liked what I saw from uh, from the running backs in this, and um, yeah, just the the receiving. Look at <laughs> uh, there were six players who had receptions in this game. Um, well, no, that's not true. There's um, what was it? Oh, there's five players who had more than one reception in this game. That's it. And the um, running backs, you know, had were two of those. So yeah. Um, what did you think of Bo Melton and Derek Young? Um I kind of liked what I saw from from Derek Young. I thought that he um, you know, just such a big body, can get the ball and he, he runs physically, um, led the team with four receptions. Uh, I thought that looked um he looked pretty good. Bo Melton was the bigger down down the field threat. He had that 39-yard um completion, but he also had a key drop that kind of um hurt uh the team, you know, its ability to string together drives and that kind of stuff. So that wasn't a, the best showing from him, but overall, um I thought they did all right. I mean, these are seventh round picks. These guys are not expected to come in and and make an impact week 1, uh, especially not week 1 of the preseason. And yet they were starting. They were out there because everyone else, you know, the top four wide receivers were all out for this game. Yeah, no, it was a great opportunity. No, absolutely. Bo Melton had that one drop, but uh, then came back, had two receptions, 47 yards. Uh, He had that one that was kind of a broken coverage thing with Gino. But he took advantage. Derek Young, Mm -hmm. I thought, looked really nice. His body size and his ability to shield the ball and and move in space and just have that physical presence on the field you can just see the the potential there and especially uh right away on special teams i hope he can make the roster uh it's going to be tight there at the end we can talk about that in in other shows but uh first good impression i thought let's turn our tables over to the defense for a little while and talk about boy mafe um and and the idea that He's just in his first year. He's going to be a rotation guy. He's probably not going to start immediately. But the idea of pairing him with a guy like Daryl Taylor on the other side gives the Seahawks a really good opportunity here for some bookend uh, type pressure uh, mm-hmm. on this on this team that we haven't seen for a few years. Both of those players looked really good in this game. Um, you know, there's the one where uh, Daryl Taylor just with a great you know move stepped inside. And had a free run at, um, I think it was uh, the first series with um, Mason Rudolph, but it might have been um, with Mitch Trubisky. It was like right in that spot where they made that switch. But he had, he had just had a clean shot and then missed, um, and it turned out to be a um, 
you know, a two yard gain or a three yard gain uh, um, where the quarterback ran um, scramble and you want him to get those sacks and, and, and finish that play. But uh, the fact that he was into the backfield that quickly interfering with the play and making it hard um, was impressive. And, you know, Mafe had uh, two of the biggest plays of the game um, with the strip sack. And then that yeah. fourth down uh, sack, at the you know right at the right at the end of the game in order to give the Seahawks a chance. That was to, that was yeah. so huge. I mean, the chase down on that thing just shows the speed, the closing yeah. speed on him was yeah. ridiculous. I mean, that's going to be something mm-hmm. to watch all year for sure. Yeah, those two guys look. Um, they both look like the real deal. And I don't want to take anything away from Nuasu and and Robinson and the other guys at that position, um, but both of those 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 two that we started with are they look like they're going to be long-term solutions for Seattle um, at that outside linebacker uh, in this 3-4 defense. Nice. So what did you think of, like, um, Josh Jones? I was I was going to pay attention to Josh Jones in this game. I think he finished with three tackles. Um, and it's it's just one of those players, I think, that, that – uh, Seattle fans are going to be watching here in the next couple of games to see if he can have an impact. And I think, you know, he's, I think he's already on the roster pretty, mm-hmm. pretty, pretty sure of that. Um, but it'd be interesting to see how they use him as a and how they use Jamal Adams together on the field at the same time. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, we'll see with that, but I, I, you know, it was hard. It's hard to evaluate safeties with the broadcast camera and they don't give you the all 22, um for a preseason game so i don't want to say like oh he was great or whatever um but i thought he did the job he i mean he did miss one tackle um early in the game but after that he seemed to settle in and and kind of was in control um of what was going on there you've got um you know with everyone else out there's no starters like none of the um starting safeties none of the starting corners um, were playing and so he kind of was the most experienced guy out there and he kind of had control over what was going on and I thought that he was in position when he should have been and so overall I, I thought it looked pretty good for him uh, but it's hard to say like I said with the without the all 22 film well speaking of that um, you know there were a few things that you could take away that, that were not on the positive side more or less I was a little disappointed in the um, defensive back play in this game. But maybe we can talk about that. Maybe it's not as bad as it was. I mean, obviously, there were some key moments where they had some breakdowns uh, and allowed some, uh, you know, a touchdown there at the the back of the end zone. I think that was on Woolen, but Mm -hmm. uh, it looked like uh, Justin Coleman was in that play as well, and they kind of had a conversation about, you know, who was taking who uh, after it happened. Um, and then Colby Bryant was beat on a touchdown on great coverage. I have to, I have to say just didn't oh, get around good, on it. It was good coverage and it was just a good throw. So it was a great throw. You know, really? Sometimes you're going to get, sometimes you're going to get beat. Even Pick, with good Pickens coverage. looks like a, a player. Yeah, he really for does. Wide receiver looks, for Pittsburgh. He looks like that's, that's going to be, you know, a, a standout for them. Um, and they kind of needed that. They traded their, the guy that was their best receiver. Um, uh and schuster. smith schuster yeah he, they traded him they needed someone to step up and it sure looks like pickens is going to he um well there's a pun there with him picking on um <laughs> seattle's corners but um yeah i mean it was 
he was a tough he was tough to cover. I thought Kobe Bryant did okay. Um, I thought Tariq I thought Cohen, he tackled better than he than he. Well, I'm I'm not gonna I'm just gonna leave it there. I think he he played well. Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought he did. I thought he did all right. Uh, I think Tariq Woolen had a great learning experience. He his athleticism and size and everything showed up, but so did his inexperience. Um, and there was like one touchdown where he was clearly playing man and the rest of the team was playing zone. And so he just vacated a spot and someone walked into it for an easy touchdown. Um, and you know, that kind of stuff that that's the kind of thing that that'll get cleaned up. I'm not worried about it. I mean, these are our fourth and fifth round rookies. These aren't, um, guys that are expected to come in and hold down this position, but you know, the two starters were both out for this game. And so they got, those two got a lot of playing time and I thought they did all right. Um, Kobe Bryant did better than Tariq Wollin, but um, overall both of them did okay. And Mm -hmm. it's their first preseason game. This is not a position where you come in, especially unless you're, you know, a top 10 pick or something where you just come in and, and dominate from day one, you, there's a growing pains involved. And I thought that they got an opportunity to get through a bunch of those. Yeah. And well, Tariq Wollin missed a tackle too in wide open space. That mm-hmm. was kind of tough to watch, but I thought other than that, his physical presence out there and his length is going to come in handy as, as the years go by. I'm sure that he will work into that spot. All you indications, Keith, are that he's he's going to be stellar. It's just going to take a little bit of time for him to recognize coverages, paying attention to calls on the mm-hmm. you know in the game and the adrenaline and all that stuff and the in the speed of the game. I know he's he's extremely fast. There's no question he's going to be able to make up a lot of space with that speed. But NFL game time speed is way different than practice, and so that's going to take a little bit of time for him to adjust to. Yeah, and I mean, when we say speed of the game, like his speed isn't um, what affects him there. It's the processing speed of what he's seeing um, that he has to adapt to, um, and he will. Um, Go back to uh, the first year, which would have been 2012, um, I believe, with Brandon Browner, and he looked awful, like not just awful, but just pure awful and wondering what the coaches were seeing in this guy yeah for the first five games six games and um coincidentally he there was a game against um the pittsburgh steelers and he just got devoured in that that game and and gave up like 180 yards passing just on the targets to his guy and it was it was awful um and we were like, wow, what is going on? Why are they, why do they keep running this guy out there? You know, this experiment needs to end. And then he caught up and everything that they were seeing in practice started to show up on the field. And by the end of the season, he was looking like a incredible find by this front office. Yes, um, but it took, it, that's very it, true. If the, this is like, and this is a guy that wasn't coming out of college. He was coming out of Canada. So he'd been yeah. pro- playing professionally already. Um, and it still took him half a season to catch up. Uh, and I, I kind of saw some of that in Woolen in this game where you could tell that he has the physical ability to do it, but he needs the experience. He needs yeah. more coaching. He needs a chance to do it, go back to the film room, watch himself, yeah. make the mistakes and, and yeah. figure out what he w- should have seen and all of that. Yeah. Um, I got the potentials there. I, I yeah, see it. This guy's literally, you know, three weeks into his NFL career. Yeah. 
So that's have and some, it shows. <laughs> have some have some patience. Um, because a corner is one of those positions, it just doesn't come instantly. It takes time. Um, it took Richard Sherman six weeks. Um you know, in order to get everything. And, and he was a, he's a hall of famer. Um, so Woolen's going to take some time and be okay so it with seemed, that. It seems like Pittsburgh was pretty effective in moving the ball. I think they had close to 400 yards, Keith, um, yep. in, in which, you know, whatever, but, um, are you, are you at all concerned in the way that Seattle scheme wise really. was effective in this game or, or ineffective? Not really. Um, because a lot of the stuff like you put um you know you put digs back there at safety and a couple of those big plays don't happen um that there was the play i think it was <clears throat> i think it was mason rudolph yeah it was on his first drive um third and 13 and they got pressure on him and he just hung the ball out there to what was good coverage by kobe bryant and it still went for a touchdown in the back corner of the end zone to Pickens. Like they had pressure, they had good coverage. Sometimes you just get beat. Um, most of the time you get pressure with good coverage on a, um, on a third and 13 like that. That's the, that's a stop. And you know, they're, they're kicking a field goal instead of getting the touchdown. Um, and that's, that's football. Unfortunately, sometimes right. it goes that way for you. That's very so, true. I, I, there, there were a bunch of those little plays, a bunch of like, missed tackles by Wollen and um you know the the best player on this defense um didn't play that would be Jordan Brooks in the middle um yeah and- no Artie Burns was out Sidney <clears throat> Jones was out our top two corners Justin Coleman we have no idea what's going on Justin uh, Coleman there. did not, did did not, not look, look good. good he did no. not look good so um I don't know like I said he was great when he was in Seattle before um but he has not shown particularly well in, in camp and he did not look good in this game. Yeah. So. It's interesting. You know, when you take a look at the, the defense as a whole, there's just a ton to be excited about. I, I'm not worried about the defense, although it is a bit concerning that they start flat in these sorts of games where they're giving up yards they're they're close, but not getting to the quarterback. They're giving up some plays and so forth it it's eerily similar to how we've started in the past <clears throat> i granted this is preseason i i get it but mm-hmm. it's just something to watch yeah and then you've also like guys were in position to make plays and then some of them didn't and you know what i mean so you get it goes on both both sides of the ball too on offense like noah fant not getting his second foot down in, in bounds <sighs> yeah. you know that play was frustrating because that's an easy pitch and catch and mm-hmm. he should have had that and should have been more aware of where he was at. But. Yeah. And some of that's it's preseason and some of that is, you know, um, he does need to just be more aware of it. But um, w- the fact that, especially on defense, yeah, they gave up a lot of yards, but they had guys in position to make plays. And that wasn't always true under the previous defensive coach. So, and you're, you, and you're looking at coaching with that. Yeah. Um, the, you they had you know guys there and if they missed the tackle that's on the player not on the coaching staff it's not on the scheme um in the you know last year there wouldn't have been someone there and so it would have been an easy catch and run and and you know Diggs has to make a tackle 15 yards downfield and and that kind of stuff and this year there at least in this game someone was there now they missed the tackle 
Um, and that's part of playing, you know, he got a third stringer yeah. the out only, there. The only time but, there wasn't anybody where there was that touchdown in front of a wall in there. You know, yeah. that was they were that was wide open. But other than that, we had, you know, yeah. Bo Melton on the other side of the coin was wide open as well when he had his 30, yeah. 30 yard reception and, and run yep. as well. So, yeah. And he also had was, you know, also had a drop. So that was a play that should have gone as a positive for Seattle and a negative for Pittsburgh mm-hmm. and didn't, mm-hmm. you know, like that's the opposite of the, you know, the Kenny Pickett uh, catch yeah. where, um, you know, where you had guys there and you did everything right defensively and, and still got beat because great throw, great catch. Um, sometimes you have great throw and a drop. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it's the, the Parkinson other. thing in the, in the end zone. Yeah. 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 Um, that kind of stuff. So um, guys were put in position to make plays and I, I'm excited for this coaching, the defensive coaching staff for that reason because guys were in position to make plays. And when you put better players in that position, they'll make the play. And that's what yeah. I wanted to see. Yeah. No, that's all you can take away from these sorts of games. The score doesn't really matter. Um, we got another game coming up really quick this week. Oh, yeah, we On Thursday. Thursday night at home against the Chicago Bears. That'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, they're They're kind of pushing their roster around just like we have in the off season. It'll be really interesting. I think expectations are really low for them, uh, mm-hmm. even lower, I think, than Seattle. Uh, quite frankly, I think Seattle's got a pretty decent roster built around a non-quarterback situation, and they've got their quarterback, and they're still searching they're, for players to build around. Yeah, their their roster's really not in a state, but they have their quarterback. Um, and if they can if they can manage to build their roster before they break the quarterback, um, right. Like mentally and physically, um, then they'll be in good shape, but they don't have much of a roster. Um, and they're kind of, but they're in that, they're in that rebuild mode. The previous front office thought they were good enough to win if they could get a quarterback. So they went and got the quarterback, but, Clearly, clearly not. Clearly, yeah. so um, we're going to come back yeah. in the in the middle of the week here and and uh, do a game preview for that show as well. Find out what we've uh, what else we've seen in practice this week. What we'd like to see take away from this particular game. I think this is probably the most important game for starters. If you're going to play your starters, this would probably be it. I think game three is more of uh, last chance. Who's going to make the roster? Uh, getting everybody out there to to get their their final looks in. So, well, the other part, the other thing is that like, if you look at last year, um, once they, they shifted from four preseason games down to uh, three, um, there was a lot fewer starters that played at all just around the league and especially in Seattle. Um, And uh, so that might be one of those things that we're looking at is that, yeah, if they're going to play a starter, they're going to play in this next game, but they may not play just be, to keep them out because that's you know you've only got three preseason games and you got to get as many looks as you can at the back end of the roster so you that's know very true yeah yeah that's very true all right i think we're gonna get out of here let's do it so thanks for joining us everyone find keith on twitter at myers nfl you can find me at nwc hawk you know where to find the show but make sure you hit the subscribe button we could use all the subscribers we can get and if you like it share it until next time go hawks go hawks
Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.